I'm doing all right, Jeff. Doing all right. Audio is not working. No one can hear you. Mm-hmm. Yep. I don't know. I'm not the audio guy. Can you hear me? Can you guys hear me? Waiting to see what's going on with that. All right, check, check. How we doing out there now? We should be good now. Uh, Juan, we hired you for one purpose and one purpose only, man, to get this audio going. Okay, it hurt me. Uh, you know, at the end of the day, that's all you need. We'll be all right. Yeah, that's, all, that's, all, that's all we need, you know. We'll make all right, so I believe you guys can hear me now. So welcome to the Broken Tables Podcast. I am your host, Jeffrey Vegas, here with our co-host, as always, King Rome. Um, Orange Cassidy is your new All-Atlantic champion. Congratulations to Orange Cassidy. This was absolutely fucking awesome. Um, it was absolutely time for them to pull the trigger on this. Uh, I had an absolute blast tonight, and Canada... You guys are fantastic. You guys busted out one of the best crowds I have heard in a minute. So, uh, you know, kudos to you guys out there in Canada. This was a fantastic episode of Dynamite. Yeah, great crowd, really fiery. Good to good to see that. Uh, you know, AEW's first international show, and 
They were definitely uh, they were definitely ready for AEW tonight. But yeah, man, Orange Cassidy, uh, what a night, what a fucking night. Uh, huge Orange Cassidy guy, always have been. Day one, one of those day one guys, and yeah, it's just it's fucking awesome. It's great to see it. Like this feud is exactly what I was saying about Orange Cassidy when people were like, you know, no, he's not the guy. He can't do things like that. He can't. Yeah, he shouldn't be a champion. Shouldn't carry championships. Like this feud though is exactly what I knew Orange Cassidy was all about. And it was just, it was great to see from the segment last night on uh, the Road 2 show where he's talking about how he's not going to try, he's going to win, he's done trying, he's going to succeed. Just to tonight, like, excellent match, super well done. With the, even with the hammer spots and Bryce, you know, catching on finally, it just, yeah. Perfect, uh, perfect trifecta of a moment to you know pull the trigger and have Orange Cassidy win a title. Yeah, man, I I love the way Bryce got involved there in this match. It was the perfect way for you know one of our favorite referees to kind of showcase some more of his talents. Uh, but we'll get to that a little bit later. You know, let's uh, start from the top here. Um, an amazing episode of Dynamite, and I'm sure everybody heard throughout the week uh, the whisperings of uh, Renee Paquette. You know, possibly showing up here tonight. So I uh, I decided to make the thumbnail with uh, Renee Paquette. As soon as I saw them put that all elite graphic, I was like, yep, she's showing up immediately. I was like, I'm, I'm putting this on here. And sure enough, we start off the show with Renee Paquette coming out on the stage. Um, unfortunately, she had to introduce Christian Cage to us, which the crowd immediately started booing, which I was surprised at considering he's from Canada. But he is extremely, uh, you know, he's got that heat right now. So he's doing his job very, very, very well. I don't think he was booed immediately. It wasn't until he started talking about the Blue Jays in the playoffs that true, he, um, true, true, true. That they started turning on him. He had, he had to get them, he had to get them booing him. So it was a good, uh, good heel work there to kind yeah. of get the crowd to flip, kind of, you know, mid, mid segment. Yeah, saying the Maple Leafs going out in the first round, uh, you know, the hockey, I could appreciate but, that. Um, he did say the Toronto Blue Jays as well and stuff like that. And then I got to I got to mention this because, you know, Philly fans over here, uh, Excalibur had to throw in there to Taz, you know, kind of like the Mets losing in the uh, in the um, <laughs> excuse me, in the wild card game there. <laughs> yeah, right. <clears throat> I'm choking. I'm dying. No, I'm good. Um, so immediately uh, Christian Cage introduces uh, Luchasaurus after he insults the local sports teams, both of them. Um, and we get Jungle Boy versus Luchasaurus in a really, really good opening match for Toronto here. Um, this match was amazing, not just because we had a shout out to the Broken Tables podcast. And, you know, this this match was really, really good. Yeah, it was an excellent opener and. Uh, I almost felt like this was a pay-per-view quality match. Just really excellent. Really, really good storytelling being, you know, being done here and just excellent in-ring action. Like you said, podcast shot, uh, shout out and yeah, yeah, we're not, we're not done with this yet. You know, it's really funny that you say this was a pay-per-view quality match. I felt like this all night. I felt like this was a pay-per-view quality show. Yeah, uh, definitely. I just, Really strong show. Really, yeah, really absolutely. strong. Uh, Miyaja says it has been great for the women in the last couple weeks. You know, Miyaja, that is a absolute fact, man. Um, I was thinking during this tag match that we had later on that 
the women in AEW are absolutely killing it right now. Anything with Tony Storm and these four, these four women tonight, Tony Storm, Hikaru Shida, Jamie Hayter, and Britt Baker, anything involving them right now is absolute fire. I'm absolutely loving it. Yeah, uh, Tony Storm on a consecutive roll here. I believe this was her ninth or tenth Dynamite in a row. Yeah. Uh, competed. And just, yeah, I mean, the women's division has really been putting on good matches, good storylines all around good content. I mean, between the women's championship and the TBS championship, I mean, uh, what more really can you ask for? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so this match between, uh, Luchasaurus and jungle boy, we had a huge, uh, you know, tease for a table spot early in the match. Um, but you know, obviously they didn't give it to us yet. Um, we, we went through a really, you know, decent back and forth between Luchasaurus and jungle boy before, uh, Jungle Boy hits like an over-the-top ropes powerbomb kind of thing because Luchasaurus was hanging on to the ropes, and he powerbombs him through that table, man, and that spot was freaking awesome. When I first saw them attempting it, I was like, that table's really far away. Is is he going to make it over there? But, dude, he he made it, and he went straight through that table. It looked really, really good. Yeah, it was a really cool spot. Uh, Yeah, I'm I'm glad that Jungle Boy was the one that put Luchasaurus through the table. Yeah, yeah, it was really good. Um, so obviously after this table spot, Christian comes down to the ring to start casting a distraction. Um, you know, he does his best to distract Jungle Boy, which always works. All he's got to do is look at him and say something to him. And Jungle Boy turns around and forgets he's in a wrestling match. Uh, but hopefully once he becomes, uh, you know, Jungle Man, he'll uh, he'll start not doing that anymore. But, you know, we'll see. <laughs> So um, we get a couple of choke slams, uh, kickouts at 2.9 seconds. We got huge chance for Luchasaurus and, and Jungle Boy. It was like back and forth, Luchasaurus, Jungle Boy. Really, really good crowd tonight. Like, I can't say that enough. Um, man, the Poison Rana. I absolutely love that freaking move. And Luchasaurus took a huge Poison Rana from Jungle Boy. Jungle Boy um, hits a kill switch, but only gets the 2.9. I thought it was over there. I thought after the kill switch, we were going to get the three count, but ah, Luchasaurus kicks out. Christian uh, comes in, casts distraction again, and Luchasaurus winds up hitting the, uh, I believe he calls it the cutthroat. Is that what they're calling it? I thought Uh, it was the extinction event, but Excalibur's been saying cutthroat, I believe. Uh, gimmick, you know, heel face turn. Sometimes they change the moves up a little bit, so it's possible. Yeah, Mio just says I didn't watch Battle of the Belts because I thought it wouldn't be important. You miss Jade losing the title, so Mioja, she didn't technically lose the title. Nyla Jade just stole the belt, and now she's running around like she's the champion. Hello, Rose. <laughs> I know R- Ryan Davis saying I almost it almost feels like I won the All Atlantic tonight, dude. I was. I was floored. I, w- I was I was loving it. Absolutely. Yeah, that was really good. I was very, very happy with that. Um, but yeah, g- great match here. Luchasaurus picks up the win. Um, obviously, they're still teasing Christian versus Jungle Boy again sometime in the future when he's healthy. Um, don't know when that'll be, but, you know, somewhere around six to, I believe, eight months from now. Yeah, I feel like they're going to continue to, you know, obviously this isn't the last we saw of the Jungle Boy Luchasaurus feud. I think the next step is probably something, uh, something without rules, and then ended in a cage. I feel like this is a good feud to end in a cage, especially if Christian Cage keeps getting, uh, getting involved. I think a cage match is where we're going with this. So that's just, 
early uh, fantasy booking. I'm thinking we might get some sort of Luchasaurus in a cage match where he's trapped in a cage. It would just, it, it just seems like that would be something funny because in all the Jurassic Park movies, like you got a raptor or something in a cage. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, we shall see. We shall see. All right. Next up, we had Renee Paquette backstage with Ethan Page and Stokely Hathaway. Um, I, I'm kind of digging what they did here with uh, Mark Quinn and uh, his brother's contracts here for Private Party. Um, they basically, I um, the the firm has purchased their contracts from Jose and Andrade El Idolo, so that was a good way of separating them from Andrade there. Uh, I I just I really love this contract stuff that they're doing. You know, for those of you who are like in the know with the whole WWE contract tampering stuff, I just giggle at this. It makes me laugh. Um, so we're gonna be getting Isaiah or Isaiah versus Ethan okay. Page for for basically for their freedom, right? For the uh, for the rights to their contract. Yeah. So basically, if Isaiah wins, if he beats Ethan Page, private parties contracts are free and they can do whatever they want. Uh, if Ethan Page wins, then Matt Hardy will also, uh, his contract will also be under the control of the firm. That's an interesting one. Where, where do you think they're going with this? Do you think they're just kind of running on the fly because of the Andrade stuff? Or do you think they actually have a, uh, an idea here? I don't think that they're necessarily running on the fly. I feel like this storyline probably was going the way it was going in general. Part of me thinks that Andrade was going to lose to 10. Uh, on Rampage. That's okay. kind of... That's my theory at the moment. I think that Andrade made it clear he didn't want to work. And so Tony was like, well, let's use this to get someone over. Um, at least that's what I think. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe Andrade was going to win and they were going to continue to break up the Dark Order. I, th- I think that makes sense as well. But with the with the direction they're going, I don't know. I, I, think, the, I think the contract tampering stuff is... I, I don't find it as funny. Um mainly because i'm annoyed by it in the in real life yeah i know it's so, real. Like, like i acknowledge like it's cool that they acknowledge it and it's cool they poked fun the first few weeks it was kind of funny um it, it, it's wearing a little thin on me but I, I understand why they're doing it because they're doing it for that reason so like i accept it for what it is and just kind of like okay it doesn't bother me but i'm not really like in love with it at this point i got gotcha. um but I don't know where they're going with this. I, I think Ethan Page is going to win on Friday, um, and then we'll see where they go from there. I don't. I don't know. Yeah, I would definitely be shocked if Ethan Page lost on Friday. Um, you know, I, Isaiah is good, but they got to start pushing Ethan Page here. So it would definitely make the most sense for him. I mean, unless well, we get next, unless we get some crazy. For, um, what's sorry, that? No, go ahead first. I was going to say, unless we get some sort of crazy screwy finish, which in a match like this, and they don't do it often in AEW, I I don't mind. You know what I mean? So. Mm. I think that, I think Ethan Page is going to win here. Uh, I think they need to start building him up a little bit. I think he's going to be the first challenger for Cassidy. Okay. Okay. That's a good, that's a really good idea. I like that. All right, next up, we got QT Marshall on the mic uh, making fun of Wardlow and Samoa Joe. Uh, the last thing that I would ever do, by the way, is make fun of either of those two fucking guys. You got to be dumb. You got to be You got to be crazy. Uh, so QT Marshall says, you guys are idiots. All you did was combine, you know, the first part of each one of your guys' names. Um, so we get 
Nick Camarado and QT Marshall versus Wardlow and Samoa Joe. War War Joe. You know, and and like Taz said, man, these are a couple of bad dudes. Uh you know, this this was an awesome I, I wouldn't call it exactly a squash match because you know, they got to fight back a little bit. You know, these two Nick Camarado and QT do, you know, get their 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 work in, but man, these guys look great. Joe and Wardlow work together incredibly. And I think they're gonna keep building this up for a couple weeks until we get them facing each other, man. That's gonna be that's gonna be incredible. Yeah. We'll see where we go with it. Um I do wonder if the if this ends with them facing each other though. Yeah. I feel like you kind of have to, but I'm also not hundred percent sure. Yeah, I'm not hundred percent sure either, but like what I'm thinking is having them kind of as a tag team is getting them used to being in the ring with each other. And it almost ensures to have a smooth match if they ever do have a match. So I I, I can't wait. I hope I really hope we get to that one day. Hmm. Uh so yeah, um essentially um <laughs> Wardlow and Samoa Joe absolutely annihilate QT Marshall and, and Nick Camarado. Um, we got a huge senton Atomico from uh, Wardlow to Samoa or to uh, QT Marshall. Samoa Joe locks in the Coquina Clutch, which I don't think he is named yet in in Ring of Honor or AEW, whatever you want to say for now. But it is the Coquina Clutch or rear naked choke he puts out, and you know he chokes him out. And <clears throat> I wrote down here. Samoa Joe picked up QT and kind of Wardlow was standing there looking like I just wrote down this looked like a prison violation to QT like it was like Samoa Joe like throwing him to Wardlow and Wardlow was like yeah come over here like (laughs) man it it was hilarious I absolutely loved this (laughs) yeah it's it's a good pairing it is a very good pairing yeah and then I'm sure you enjoyed what came next. Uh, Prince Nana starts starts coming out with the embassy. Yeah. <laughs> um, I love how uh, Brian Cage said, nobody wants to see you powerbomb QT. And the crowd was like, what? Yeah, yeah, we, yeah, we do. <laughs> <laughs> um, they talk about how they've been around all day. They've been in Canada the whole week and they haven't seen FTR yet. And you don't, they don't think they're going to show up. And before Brian Cage can finish his sentence, FTR's music plays. And holy shit, the pop that FTR gets here was incredible. Dax points down at his arm, insinuating goosebumps. Like, FTR is so over, man. I I love these guys. Yeah, Dax dropped an F-bomb on TV. Did he? I I missed it. What did he do? Well, the censor got it out. But he, um, they got in the ring and they were just cheering him. And he said something like, fuck it. Or something like that, but like you could like the way AEW does the sensors is that they they just turn they switch mics to a different mic. Yeah, it, it like goes or, to the crowd mic. It's like it's like the crowd. Yeah, like you still hear what's being said, but you kind of don't. So yeah. they switch to it. You can still kind of hear like the like the beginning of the f- or like something like that. They're in the ring and it happens. It's it's not like a huge thing, but I just thought it was funny. It's like all right, I got you. I got you. Um, so basically, uh, FTR says, you know, these two guys just wrestled a match. We're not going to make them, you know, wrestle again on Friday night for Rampage. But we got somebody uh, who will, uh, you know, join us for a trios match against you guys. And this is where I was. I wanted to talk to you a little bit about. They kept referencing 10, 10 for a moment, you know, somebody from Canada and they, you know, 
I literally thought 10 from Dark Order. I was like, is 10 from Dark Order uh, from Canada? And immediately Sean Spears starts to come out. So what I'm wondering here, do you think that 10 from the Dark Order, like I've been saying, I think he's splitting off. I think 10 is going to break up. Do you think he's going to leave the Dark Order and become Preston Vance? And then we're going to get Sean Spears as, you know, the perfect 10 again? No, I, I just think that I, I think that they were teasing 10 for Sean Spears. They weren't teasing okay. it for Preston. You think they um, were just, you know, doing that for the for the fans who remember? <laughs> yeah, well, so they're clearly he's clearly back in a babyface capacity because he's joining the pinnacle. <laughs> you know, the pinnacles yeah. back together minus MJF. Um, so I, I guess they couldn't do the chairman thing, which I, I really like the chairman gimmick. So I was a little disappointed to see that gimmick kind of go. Um, but I mean, he's back, he's back as a baby face. Uh, and yeah, I mean, he's a great wrestler, great talent. It's good to, good to see him again. It's been a while. Uh, I do appreciate, they didn't put a camera on it I wish they had, but they had, uh, this little bit of a meeting between Wardlow and, and Spears. Um, and again, it, it, it was during one of the, the panning shots from the camera. And I wish that they had kind of put the hard cam on the ring to kind of establish it. Maybe they'll do it like in the future, but they have uh, Spears turn to Wardlow and Wardlow's like, Hey man, this is kind of awkward. Uh, uh, Cause that, he was with MJF not too long ago. MJF. Sean Spears last match was against Wardlow and Wardlow beat him in the cage match. Oh uh, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. But so Wardlow and Spears, they kind of like stared down for a little bit and like, Spears kind of gave like a little like, come on, you know, what did you what did you want me to do? <laughs> um, and then like Wardlow's like, yeah, it's true, all right. And then they shook hands and then they kind of gave like a side hug type deal. Um, but so I, I was I appreciated them for kind of smoothing that over. I just wish the camera angles had kind of caught up with that as well. Yeah, I love when they do stuff like that. Just don't just ignore history, you know what I mean? So, uh, yeah, it looks like on uh, Rampage we're going to get FTR and Sean Spears versus the Embassy. Uh, that's that's going to be freaking great. I can't wait for that. So that's going to be good. All right, next up, we had Tony Schiavone backstage with the Jericho Appreciation Society, you know, cutting a pretty decent promo on Garcia, you know, saying, you know, Danielson, you forced us to hurt our boy, you know what I mean? Like, because of all this crap you did, we had to hurt him, you know, and... They really pulled the wool over my eyes, you know, even though I was the one saying this a few weeks ago that Garcia is actually not, you know, turned and, you know, we'll get to that later. But yeah, this, this was a great promo and it definitely uh, kept, kept me off guard for what was going to happen later tonight. Yeah, I, I thought it was a little weird at that point. Cause I'm sitting there and, and, you know, they're talking and Jericho's like, he hasn't, he hasn't answered my calls or my texts. And I'm like, I don't know, maybe I was overthinking it, but I was like, why are you still calling and texting him? Yeah. That was kind of where I was like, wait a second. Hold on. Why are you still calling and texting this guy if he's if he already left the JS and you beat him last week? So I don't know. That's a good point. Like, you know. Yeah. It was a thought. Yeah. All right. Next up we had Swerve, Sneaky Swerve versus Billy Gunn. <clears throat> I'm sorry, Daddy Ass Billy Gunn. Um, the acclaimed came out and did an incredible extended rap. This was had to be the longest rap they've done. I'm, I'm pretty sure that was the most amount of lines he's ever uh, spoken in there. Did you notice that? 
Um, I don't know if it was necessarily longer. I mean, maybe maybe by like a line. Um, no, I mean it was good though. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, it was great. Um, dude, the acclaimed are just so over, man. Like they're they got a massive pop here in Canada. You know, it's everywhere. Everybody loves the acclaimed. Um, you know, in the rap was a whole bunch of uh Canadian references that I didn't get. So you know, it was it was still good, but <laughs> I'm sure that was more for the crowd because it always is. Um, yeah. The crowd was huge with the, oh, scissor me, daddy. Um, yeah, th- this crowd was excellent. They really, really added to the show tonight. What up, Juhas? Juhas in the chat. Good show. Absolutely, man. Great show. The crowd, the crowd really, really did help a lot. It was great. Yeah. Um, so we got a great match between uh, Swerve and uh, Billy Gunn, man. Like, Billy looks great at, do you know his age? I know I keep forgetting it's 60-something, right? Yeah, I think he's, like, early 60s. That's wild, man. He's, like, right up there. He's got to be the second oldest uh, to Sting, I'm guessing, you know? Yeah, it's kind of really jarring to see him uh, comparatively to what his former stablemates look like. They're yeah, yeah, I was old. just thinking that as I saw him in the ring. I was like, man, those other dudes from DX look like crap, and he's over here putting on a banger looking like a monster still. It was great. Yeah, I just, it's, yeah, it's just, it's insane to me. He took his shirt off, and I'm just like, how? Yeah. <laughs> how? How's this, how is this guy still doing this? You All know? right, Juhas, well, ha- have a good night at treatment, man. As good as it can be, you know? Um, so yeah, this was a great match, you know, Swerve, uh, told a story with this match here. He had a huge like springboard kick to the knee. So we had, uh, Billy selling his knee the whole match, you know, at first, when he first kicked him, he was talking to the ref, you know, and the ref was getting down close to him. They had me sold thinking this was like a legit injury in the middle of the ring. You know what I mean? Like, I was like, man, Billy's old. He just took a kick to the knee. It looked nasty. I was like, what if that was real? Like, they, they just, these guys know how to sell so well, and they do such a good job of it. You know, I was fooled multiple times tonight. Like, <laughs> Yeah. Um, real quick little thing. After after Donovan went off the air, uh, Chris Statlander uh, showed up to celebrate with Orange Cassidy. Oh, nice. Cool, cool. Yeah, complete leg brace and everything. Not ready to wrestle, but no, yeah, I didn't think so. I mean, she's she's got another year from when she had surgery, which wasn't too long ago. So I don't think it's a year. I think it's like seven months. I think it was the same as her last one, and she took twelve months last time. It's the exact same injury, but the other leg. But I could be wrong. Yeah, I heard it was like ten. I heard she was going to be at like ten to eleven months. Okay. So I don't know. Maybe a couple months less is fine with me, but. Um, in this match, we got a huge Swerve stomp. Um, Billy kicks out at two point nine. I thought I thought Swerve had it there. Um, couple of nice reversals. Swerve grabs onto the ropes during the pin. This was a very uh unique, um, you know, pin thing with the ropes. I don't even know how to how to say that. Uh, because you know how well, some people put their feet on the ropes or something like that. I've never seen somebody kind of hug the rope the way that Swerve did, and it really hit it from the ref's view the way he did it. I thought it was very well done. Yeah, uh, I think it was. Um, it's just him being a heel. He's continuing this heel turn, and 
it's just him like he made it clear on the uh the road to promo that he was going to just break all the rules and do things the wrong way because that's what's going to get him ahead um and yeah i just i thought billy looked great and it was this was a really really good match i thought that they were gonna do i i didn't think they were gonna go as long as they did yeah so, me neither. pretty pretty pleased with that yeah, so Swerve gets the win with a uh, sneaky Swerve pin. Grabs the ropes. Ref couldn't see it. And immediately after the match, uh, you know, we got the acclaimed into the ring to, you know, tell Daddy Ass it's okay. And they were about to do the whole uh, three-way scissor thing when they are interrupted by Tony Nice and Mark Sterling. And, dude, the smile that appeared on my face when I realized what was about to happen. This was one of my favorite. This Mark Sterling lawyer thing is so good. I absolutely love this guy. And, you know, every time it builds up to me, can't, I can't wait to see somebody just kick his ass. Just get him in the ring in that goofy ass suit that he wears for his wrestling matches and someone just whoop his ass. But he has trademarked the scissor me phrase in wrestling. So now they can't do the scissor me thing or say it. And he gets all the royalties from their t-shirts. Rome, Rome, I, I, I got to ask you, sir. Mm. How, how do you feel about the royalties from the t-shirt that you bought going to Mark Sterling instead of the acclaimed? <laughs> oh, man, I, th- I thought this was such a really cool heel thing to do. Um, and it's a unique thing to do with Mark Sterling as a character because he's a lawyer. So that's something that a heel lawyer would do. So uh, good. So good. It was really good. And obviously we're going to set up to a match where it's going to be like title versus title for, um, you know, legal rights to the term. <laughs> I didn't even think that far ahead yet. That's brilliant. Oh, All that's, right, we'll that's put our titles up against our rights to say scissor me. That's fucking brilliant. I love it. Yep. I didn't and even it makes think that because far Woods and Woods and Nice aren't so they lost to Swerve in our glory, and I don't think they've really won too many matches. So it even makes sense that they're not the number one contenders. That they're just like, hey, man, we're not ready. We're not in line for a title shot. But if you want your thing back, you know your your IP back, you're gonna have to put us at the front of the line. And I think that that's really uh, really smart, really smart, Mark. If you will. yeah, absolutely, that is great. Oh, I can't I can't wait to see where this goes. I. I love Mark Sterling. I love seeing him get his ass kicked, and I love seeing him in these storylines. It is freaking fantastic. All right, next up, we had probably my favorite segment of the entire night, and that includes matches. Alex Marvez with MJF. And MJF, you know, gets gets going, starts to cut his promo, and Stokely Hathaway comes in and interrupts him. MJF shoots down Stokely Hathaway like a freaking F-16 in the sky. And just, I don't know where they're going with this. You know, I thought the firm was working for MJF. And all of a sudden, there's like infighting. He's like, you know, if you guys don't stop doing this crap, I'm going to fire your ass. You know, and capiche. And he's like, now scurry along. Like, wow, dude, I was, I'm, I was shocked at that. After that, MJF cuts one of the greatest promos. I say this all the time with this guy and Mox, but my God, this promo was incredible. He 
something about his face and his his demeanor has matured from that like you know how like in football when you see a college football player compared to an nfl player you can just see that little bit of a difference between their body sizes you know what i mean like that i don't want to say from a boy to a man but you know what i mean Mm-hmm. something about MJF has evolved to that next level. And he looks legit as hell, dude. Like, Oh, I, 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 I'm the bi- I'm probably one of the biggest MJF fans on the planet right now. Like this figure up here is autographed. I bought it the second I saw it. Like this dude, he's number one in my book at the moment. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, so I think number one with the, with the firm, um, I mean, I think honestly, I think MJF's working us. Um, I think this is a swerve. I, I, I think that it's we're getting be. ready for the firm versus the Blackpool Combat Club. I think that's kind of, I think that's the direction here. And I think all of that's going to center around MJF and Mox at full gear. That That's just kind of where I'm looking at it. I, I think that they're going to play it off where like maybe MJF is kind of sympathetic. You know, maybe he is coming into his own. Maybe he wants to do things his own way. And then he's going to say, no, fuck you, actually. I just want to be the world champion. I don't care how I do it. Um, yeah, that's how I think. Uh, and again, and yeah, you're right. It, this MJF promo was was really good, really powerful. Uh, you know, and you believe every word he says. You do believe he's going to be the next world champion. Now, let me throw this at you. What do you think of MJF becoming the world champion, and then Sean Spears turning somehow on Wardlow and becoming the TNT champion, and MJF? and him somehow back together and we have like a team of these two champions because for a long time even with the tbs championship and the you know women's championship like they're separate the tnt Mm -hmm. title and the men's championship they've been separate like they almost never cross paths i would actually really like to see some heels together working with them Maybe. Uh, I mean, we'll see what happens. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I I don't think they're going to go that route. I think they just kind of did a whole... They just literally did away with the whole chairman gimmick, so I don't know Yeah. if you make all that change just to kind of... I, I think a heel Sean Spears that doesn't do the chairman gimmick is a step back. Um, That's just me. I, I could see that, yeah. yeah. But, you know, give him that TNT title somehow. I don't see that being... I think that would be awesome. All right, so, uh, you know, in this promo, um, MJF says that he learned the hard way that nice guys finish last. That that was one of my favorite lines that he that he said here. So, like I said, this was great, unbelievable promo from MJF. Um, I wrote down he's a, he's ascended to that next level. Like, he's he's at the top. He's up there with – when you talk about the, the top guys in wrestling, you got to talk about MJF now. It's just how it is. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. All right, next up, we had Tony Schiavone with his uh, quick in-ring uh, interview with John Moxley where, you know, he introduces his his guest and then they take the ring and that's that for Schiavone. Um, you know, Moxley had a pretty decent promo here. I like how he said some of these wrestlers self-destruct and then some faster than others. That had to be a shot at Punk. Did Did you Did you get that? Yeah, it was. I mean, he's talking about being the world champion and, yeah. and the pressure that comes with it. So, yeah, that was that was a shot at Sam Black. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so as soon as he mentions Hangman's name, we uh, get Hangman's music and he starts to come out. Um, 
This was a really good uh, promo from Hangman while MJF made it known that he was watching up in the rafters. Uh, Hangman said, you know, you can watch, but you better be listening. Um, and he went off on a really good promo, said, you know, you called me a kid last week. Do you think I'm a kid? And he just went off like, I have a kid like you do. He's like, I'm 31 years old. I'm a man. And he started punching himself in the face. Um, and he actually wound up giving one caught that but he gave himself a nice little shiner it was pretty funny uh but excellent promo there from hangman what do you think on that yeah i absolutely love this promo this is the type of stuff this is the type of shit that i'm talking about when i say a hangman page is a phenomenal worker i thought that this promo was super powerful and i think it bounced off of last week's promo really well um you know clearly mox Mox is Mox. So, you know, he's this generational talent with these, you know, he's a tough guy, real cool, laid back. He's never going to just give someone their flowers, let's say. Um, but, like, I just feel, I feel the mutual respect, but also the mutual, I know what you can do, so I need to be at the top of my fucking game type, type like, vibe from these guys. Um, and yeah, the Hangman promo, man, it was excellent. And I, and I know Coach is sitting there in the future, like, oh, it wasn't that good, it's fine. We'll like, see, no, that... no, no, this was an excellent promo. This I was, was... going to say that. Coach, I want you to let us know in the Discord uh, what you thought of this Hangman promo here. And I want you to watch it all the way through. Yeah. All the way uh, through. Think, yeah. Especially where he punches himself in the face. Yeah. <laughs> no, so, like, it, yeah, it's, it's just a really powerful promo, and it... it it came from the heart. You can just tell, you know, just the shit that he's been through. Like he's, you know, he's like, yeah. I've lost, I, I, I've lost my old friends. My old friends are gone talking about the elite. He's like my new friends. They keep, you know, I let them down time and time again. And now they're phasing away where, you know, I feel like they're disappearing by the week. You know, he's like, I've lost so much. You know, I was the world champion. Then I lost, you know, my anxiety, my depression uh, again, like people don't realize this character, this hangman character. It's not, that he's a cowboy. It's an anxious millennial cowboy. And like, <laughs> and I think that's where people don't connect with the character where they expect him to come out as this big, tough, strong guy. Like, like I, I feel like people almost kind of expect him to be like Mox with a cowboy hat. Like, I feel like that's the expectation and that's just not what Hangman is. No. Um, and, but uh, yeah, I just, I loved this promo. I thought this was an excellent promo. I don't see him beating Mox next week because I think Mox MJF is the money match at the, at the pay-per-view, but like, man, I, I don't think hangman could have done anything more for me to like, like if I didn't, if MJF wasn't a factor here and like MJF's not in the equation, I'd be, I would probably be taking a hangman. I was like, this, this was a phenomenal promo. Big T's hundred percent, right? This was a very Mick Foley, Terry Funk esque promo. It, you know, it's it's a it's a man of the people kind of promo, and there's just again, it's just fiery, passionate, real. You know, it's relatable, like relatability. Yeah. Like Hangman on Page is much like McFoley; he's just super relatable. You know, at least for people my age, I can't speak for those older or younger, but you know, I'm an anxious millennial myself, so I just constantly this guy just this guy speaks to me in a great way, and he puts on excellent in ring work and. Fuck the hangman haters. Again, it's so wild to me because you know, I was not. Yeah. I like what Ryan Davis said there. Best hanger promo ever. Wish he'd have that fire as the champ. Yeah, man. Um, the punches, 
I liked them. They just went a little too long. He could have done about three less and not given himself that black eye and would have been perfect. He punched himself like seven or eight times, like four, two, three or four would have been fine, you know, to get the point across like bang, bang, bang. But he kept going. He was like, bang, 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 bang. Like, you know, it, it is what it is, but it was okay. It got the point across. I, I, it really pumped me up. Uh, I can't wait to see these two have another match with this uh, new fiery hangman. Part of me thinks he was trying to bust himself open because he he took his blood at the end of the segment and put it on hang on uh, on Mox's shirt. Yeah, <laughs> oh, that's, that was that, that takes a lot to get yourself to bleed. I don't know, um, you know, it, 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 it's not easy. I don't think it was that big of a deal. No, no, but you know, not easy. I'll put it, put it that way. All right, next up we had. Brian Danielson versus the Lionheart, Chris Jericho. Now, when Jericho's music first started, it was Judas. And this crowd really, really wanted to sing Judas. And then it switched over to the Lionheart music. And it felt like they were so sad for a moment. But once his uh, Lionheart music went away, they decided to sing Judas themselves. <laughs> I don't know if you noticed that, but they sang the entire song uh, with no music background for the whole first part of the match. It was awesome. Um, of course, Brian Danielson starts this match out at a hundred miles an hour. Like he always does. Dude. How many times can we say it? There's no such thing as a bad Brian Danielson match. And I think we have to say it as well for Jericho. There's no such thing as a bad Jericho match. At least yeah, not right I now. I thought this was an excellent match. Uh, so I, I do think, and I don't feel this way very often. I feel like this match was kind of booked into a corner where it Jericho needed to win here. But at the same time, I felt like Danielson was kind of the one who was lined up to win it. Yeah. So I know they do the big swerve with Garcia at the end. And I think that kind of negates it a little bit for me, but I, I just do think that, Again, maybe you don't do this match here. I get, I get. You wanted to have a huge main, or not even a main event, but you wanted to, you know, stack your card for the the Toronto show, the Canada show. And, and this was an excellent match. I don't have an issue yeah. with the match. Um, but I just, yeah, I, I going into this like, I was sitting there before Dynamite started, and I'm just like, I, I don't know exactly what they're gonna do here because Jericho is way too early in this Ocho thing, and he's made it clear he wants to tear down Ring of Honor, so he's not going to lose on his like third his second defense against the Ring of Honor guy like he's going to lose to somebody obviously eventually but it, you're you're he's going to wrestle more Ring of Honor guys before he does that um so yeah. that was kind of weird to see and, and then again like I think Danielson I think this is by Brian Danielson's choice cuz he's made it clear he doesn't care about you know being a champion or even winning matches he doesn't mind losing matches um how, but however, I, I do think that they need to be very cautious with that because you do want guys to stay credible. Um, and I think Danielson could definitely win a few more profile matches. Not that he doesn't win any matches. He made it to the finals of the world title tournament, you know, back at Grand Slam. But I don't know. It just I, I, I just want them to tread carefully here. It's just it felt like a match where both guys needed the win, but they still did it. That's not really usually a thing that Tony Khan does, but I mean, it's, it's not a huge thing. It doesn't happen very often. Yeah. Yep. <clears throat> but, uh, dude, th this match was, was great. Um, 
and like you were saying, you weren't sure if they should have done the match. I think the only way that it made sense doing it is what they did. So they had to have this swerve where something happened where Jericho beat him, you know, obviously in a sports entertaining way. This definitely should set up. It's got to set up in the future after after Jericho goes through a whole bunch of champions from Ring of Honor. Danielson challenges him again and should take it from him. You know what I mean? Like that should be where we go. I I hope. I don't know. Again, I, I feel like, and it's another thing Tony Khan doesn't do very often is he doesn't do a lot of rematches. So, you know, a lot of guys you wait like a year and a half to get a rematch sometimes. That so, was like, um, that was their third match. Wasn't it? That was the third match, which really kind of leads you to believe that. I don't know if it's, if it's going to be a match we see for a while. And the Garcia swerve kind of also makes me question the Garcia being the one to beat Jericho thing. Uh, I mean, obviously that's way down the line and you could do more things with it, but I felt like if you were going to do that kind of thing, I felt like that that was the window right there. Um, it makes sense not to take Garcia away from the JAS. Like it does. Um, but you know, I- Big T just put it, you know, he says this is 100% leading to Jericho versus Garcia for the Ring of Honor title. I could see that where he's pretending to be back on Jericho's side because he wants that belt. I could see that. Uh, I mean, if he's back with that, I don't know. I don't know if I like that, if the idea is for him that he's playing kind of coy and like being a fake friend so that way he can take the title. I don't know if I like that. But I mean, he's... It's tough to tough to figure out. I like that. I like how it's not really obvious where we're heading with this. So let's keep yeah. it going. Um, so uh we had a really good match here. We had a giant arm drag suplex off the top rope from Danielson to Jericho. Jericho put Danielson in the lion tamer. Danielson put Jericho in the lion tamer. We had this is awesome chance. I mean, I think we had this is awesome chance for every match tonight. I can't remember a match that didn't have a this is awesome chant. Um, we had a missed lion salt from Jericho landing on his face. Nobody home. Uh, Danielson goes up top, tries to hit a. I think he was trying to hit something off the top rope, but he gets a code breaker from the top rope. Um, Jericho pushes Danielson into the ref. Daddy Magic comes down and gives Jericho the belt. Garcia comes running down and takes the belt away from Jericho. Um, Jericho utilize. I'm sorry. Danielson utilizes the distraction from Garcia and hits the Busaiko knee onto Jericho. But then out of nowhere, Daniel Garcia smashes Daniel Brian Danielson with uh with the belt, and uh, we get. Chris Jericho for the win. So yeah, like uh, you know, like we were saying, this is really tough to figure out what direction they're going in. This could lead in multiple different directions. Um, you know, Garcia is already the he's the pure champion, right? Or no? Yes. Yeah, yeah, he's the pure champion. Like this could go multiple different ways. You know, I don't, I don't see them. You know, now that I think about it, I don't see them putting two titles on Garcia. So I doubt he's going after that ring of honor title anytime soon. He's already the pure champ. So I don't know. That's a, that's a wild one. We'll, we'll have to see what's going on there. All right. Next up, another interview with uh, Renee Paquette backstage with uh, Nyla Rose, your, your new fake TBS champion 
Um, Nyla Rose has stolen the belt, by the way. She did not win the championship if you, uh, if you missed last um, Battle of the Belts. Essentially, after the match, she came down and stole the belt, and now she is parading around as if she is the champion. And we had Anna Jay come out and challenge her for the not real fake stolen championship. So it's going to be Anna Jay versus Nyla Rose for the uh, fake championship here. Um, <laughs> I don't even know what to think of that. What, what, what do you think of that? Possession is nine-tenths of the law. Yeah, Jeff. man. Uh, you know, I like it. It's something unique. It's something new. Uh, this is clearly not where Jay loses the title. Um, so do something else. I mean, like, here's the thing. Right? Like, it's in, when you do these, like, unbeaten streak storylines, you got to go places with it because after a while, it just kind of bleeds together. So, you know, and, and I would I would argue that Jade's title reign has done that. Uh, not that that's a bad thing or a knock against Jade. It's just, you know, every match is the, every opponent's story is lined up the same. You know, it's it's all about beating Jade. So I think it's a really, uh, it's a great breath of fresh air. And it's a great way to kind of expand on the women's division. Because now we have a, another women's match on TV. You know, you, you can look at the the match times and see what company is valuing the tether women talent. That's for sure. Yeah. Um and, and you know, and now we have another women's match. But I, I love that. I, I think Nyla Rose is super underrated, super talented. Um, I, I I love her. She's great. So um, I enjoyed it. I'm really hoping that instead of giving the belt to the ref to hold up, you know, for the match whenever they have these type of matches with her, I hope um, Vicky Guerrero kind of like shoves the ref out of the way and she holds it up like pretending that it's a title match. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, I totally want them to do that. Like I not like maybe not that necessarily, but basically that. Like I want the ref to hold the TBS title up on Friday. I want it to be treated like it's a title match. Like I, like Justin Roberts doesn't announce it as a title match, but then like Vicky comes over like, "Excuse me." Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, exactly. For the TBS championship. Yeah. You know and- what I mean? Ryan says he didn't like this one because she's defending a stolen title. Well, obviously, it's going to be the chance for Jade to catch her. She's going to be out in the ring, and Jade's going to be able to run out with the baddies and try to get her belt back, you know? Well, so my argument, or not an argument, my defense in the set, you know, to defend the segment is AEW is not saying that this is a world a title match. It's no, not of course a title not. match. And that's where it's okay. Like yeah. in, the, in the confines of the story, because here's the thing, right? Nyla Rose is just being Nyla Rose. Like I yeah. stole the championship. I'm the champion. Anna Jay, batshit crazy. So like, <laughs> like you really think that Anna Jay is like, like Anna Jay knows that she didn't win the title, but Anna's like, fuck it. If we could, if we're, if that's what we're doing, we're that's just perfect. Yeah. The title. Let me get the title. Like if, if anyone's going to hold it, I want to hold it. So not only does it add prestige to the title because these women want it, even if they can't actually obtain it. Um, the company isn't acknowledging it as a title change. It's not a title match. And that's where my point with the idea of booking it that way is where it's like, you don't have Justin Roberts announced as a title match, but you have Vicky yell at him about it. You don't have the referee hold the belt up until Marina Shafir gets in his face and says, hold this fucking belt up. Oh, that's like, perfect. That's even better than Vicky holding it up. Yeah. Have Marina Shafir step up all serious and Paul Turner being like, 
<laughs> that'd be great oh that's so good i hope oh god i hope you're right yeah. i hope you're right <laughs> so, yeah that that i think it's it's good fun and it's something unique it's something different oh. we'll get jade versus nyla rose and it'll be cool oh that would be so good dude i, I could just picture like e- even bryce just being like all scared of marina like okay <laughs> dude I, I want it i need it so uh on twitter look another quick little thing um, Anthony Bowens has announced that due to the copyright claim of Scissor Me from Smart Mark Sterling, the acclaimed are no longer allowed to tweet using scissor emojis. No. TNT uh, Drama, the Twitter account, tweeted, everything is coming up citrus, baby. Hashtag AEW Dynamite. Everything's coming up citrus? Yeah. Is that a new meme I'm not aware of? Oh, there we go. I got you. Got you. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> all right next up we had uh an absolute banger of a women's tag team match jamie hater who got a massive pop from the crowd and then so did Britt baker versus tony storm and hikaru shida man these four these four women right here i wrote down this is the creme de la creme of aew's women's roster this is the best of the best. They put on absolute amazing matches when they're involved with each other. You can mix and match any any of these four girls into a singles match, into a tag, into a trios, whatever you want to do, and it's it's great. I, I love all of these girls. Yeah, uh, you just you put put focus on your women's division. Let let it do the work. Let it get the TV time, and it'll pay dividends for you. Uh, the fans they want to see it. You know, I, I feel like some people are going to complain that like, oh, well, you put it in quarter seven of the two hour show and that's always kind of the death quarter. But I, I would argue and I've always been kind of a, like, it, especially with um with free TV. I always feel like if that's your weakest quarter, put something a little bit stronger on it so that way you can get that that quarter up. Dude, um, the, the crowd was really- hot for this match. So I actually think the ratings might go up for this and it might actually flip. This might actually be an anomaly here. In the ratings. Um, but yeah, this was an excellent match. So much talent here. Um, and yeah, I'm looking forward to it. We have a match set up for next week for the interim women's championship, Tony storm versus Akaru Shida. So that's going to be really good. Like I just said, you could take any of these four and put them together. Wait till we, Oh, that's going to be a, Oh, it's going to be so good. I need a button. That's like, banger. <laughs> Ryan See, Davis Ryan, says, Jamie Hayter is over. She should be the TBS champ and Jade going for the world title. I am 100% for that. Um, I think Jade needs a break. I think she should take a couple months off and then come back for that world title. But yeah, absolutely. See, I think Jamie Hayter should be chasing the world title. because My, my reasoning for that is I think you do need to break up Jamie and Britt for the yeah. sake of Jamie being over. I think that they had the opportunity to pull the trigger and maybe it was the signing of Soraya, which kind of made them hold off on it because you need to have a faction of heels uh, on the women's side to ready to go against Soraya. But I don't know. I, I think that the right path for that is, you know, the world championship. Not, not even that she has to win it right away, but, you know, she needs to, she needs to directly bash heads or go against Brit for the split to make sense in my mind. Yeah. My, my only reasoning that I would be okay with the TBS is I really like Tony storm as the women's champion right now. 
she's putting in a lot of work and a lot of that work is great. So, you know, I think she should go on a long run here and we got to do something with J Jamie. She's very over. It's, it's crazy how she, uh, she got over naturally, man. This is a very good story of a, uh, w w would you call her a uh, homegrown talent? For Jamie? Yeah. She's been in AW since I can remember. I mean, yeah, I, I think that, I mean, I, to my knowledge, I don't know what exactly what she was doing prior. I know she was wrestling in the UK. So I think if you're not working for a somewhat major promotion, it's safe to, con to consider them homegrown. Yeah. Um, but I mean, she's been wrestling, other, you know, around the world. So, yeah, I, I get that. But I, I definitely would say that AEW has made her a star for sure. And she's put oh, a yeah, lot of work in herself doing that. You know what I mean? So. Well, I mean, I think that's something that we've seen over the last month is just putting over the younger talent, making it clear that while it was nice having the star, you know, the established stars, it was nice having the elite, it was nice having CM Punk. Um, I mean, we've seen it. The company is going to be just fine. They're they're doing over a million every week since All Out. Like the fact that that happened, like that's all you need to know. You could just leave it at that. Yeah. But you know, you see, you see this tonight, like. I mean, obviously, the tickets went on sale before All Out, but that crowd was hot for everything. Like, they didn't need the Elite. They didn't need CM Punk. I mean, I know Jericho and Danielson were wrestling, but you look at these other matches, they, they didn't need them. Um, yeah. And I think, which I, I... So, we'll get into it at the end of the show. I do think we're going to see the Elite very soon. And yeah, I mean I very, so. very soon. Um, and we'll discuss why in a little bit. Now, but, yeah, you know? Since you mentioned the elite, did you catch um, Brandon Cutler's match on Dark? I did. It was very good. It was so good, dude. Him and Serpentico put on an absolute banger. It was so good. Oh, I thought you were talking about him and Kip. Oh no, no the the one with Serpentico. Well, was... Okay, well then watch Dark thing. You're talking about Elevation. Watch. Dark. Okay, yes, Elevation. Yes. Dark was very good this week, in my opinion. Um, they they did Kip Sabian versus Brandon Cutler. Really right. good. So he's had two matches already since come back. Mm -hmm. Awesome, man. Awesome. I got to check out that one with Kip then. Yeah, but, it was uh, really, that one really was Serpentico. Like Serpentico, like tried to grab the spray can to spray him, but then he tricked him and he got him and then he got him with both cans and he was just, oh, it was, that was hilarious, man. I, I love Cutler. He's my favorite stooge of all time. <laughs> yeah. And to Ryan Davis's point, yes, Jamie was, in AEW like yeah. very early but she did have to go back to england during the pandemic i remember that she disappeared for a while i do remember that now yep yeah but uh yeah i mean so for this match you know i didn't write too much down because dude they were going 100 miles an hour just move after move and spot after spot i couldn't keep up i went to start writing stuff down and i was just like i i i i I wouldn't be able to watch, you know, I, I can't like write and watch at the same time. I just gave up. <laughs> this match was yeah. incredible. <laughs> yeah. Very good. Very, very good match. Uh, so um, basically Brit and Hikaru Shida get into a little counter pin battle at the end there, you know, where they're flipping each other over for the pins and Hikaru Shida wins the counter battle. She gets Brit in a kind of an upside down, almost like a, almost a pile driver pin looking thing. And uh, Hikaru Shida picks up the one, two, three. 
So this, like, like we said, this was great. This was an absolutely amazing match, and these four women are just killing it right now. Can't say anything about AEW's women's division in the negative at the moment. It's as good as it's been. All right, next up, we had a quick promo from the Butcher and the Blade calling out Mox and Claudio. Um, another thing that I don't think I would ever uh, do, to be honest with you, um, but here we are. And we had the bunny back. I'm not sure if this was the uh, first time we've seen her back, but uh, we did have the bunny back on cam, and she is looking incredible as always. So I do believe we're getting Mox and Claudio versus the Butcher and the Blade. Was this on Rampage? Yeah, this is going to be on Rampage tomorrow. Nice. Um, so Butcher and Blade were on Elevation tonight. They were there for the Elevation taping. Okay. Apparently, they got a huge reaction last night or tonight. Um, so, yeah, huh. maybe that maybe they they might have thrown this match together for for that reason. I mean, they were they got apparently a huge pop. Do you know where? I think they're both from Buffalo, New York, aren't they? Yeah, they're from Buffalo. Huh. I wonder if it's because they're so close to the border. I know that's kind of a, you know, the closer you get to the border, the closer they like each other. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they're a cool act, sir. They're a cool team, so yep. you never know. That should be a banger of a match. I haven't uh, seen anything on Twitter, and I'm probably going to stay off till Friday again um, just to avoid so, spoilers. Well, so Rampage is getting taped tomorrow. Oh. Yeah, oh, that's so, right. They're doing live because they're in Toronto. Yeah. Okay. It's not live. They're not but live, Tony, but yeah. Tony got a good deal to run two two nights out of the Coca-Cola Col- uh, Coliseum. So they ran Dynamite tonight along with a pretty good dark uh, elevation taping. A lot of uh, Canadian talent showed up, including, a, like, a, I don't want to spoil it, but there was a tag team of, that people know, of, you know, at least I know them, um, who wrestled on elevation. Okay, um, okay. Who are not currently signed with AEW. So I don't mind you saying who it was since that's not really a, like a rampage spoiler. I guess so. And also it's not like a super, I don't want to like hype people up. It's, it's the Bollywood boys, the Bollywood boys. Yeah. The name rings hide. a bell. Where are they from? They were in the, um, the two Oh five live. Okay. Okay. Yeah. They were, they were brought in for, I believe they were there for the cruiserweight classic. Um, and then they kind of bounced around two Oh five live and, and did a few other things with the fed. Wait, were they the two? Were they the two brothers? Uh, the were the one that kind of just just by like stepping off the side of the ring, he his knee went out. I don't remember, but I just I know that I know of them. Okay, okay. Um, it was noteworthy enough to say it. I realized after I said it, I was like, this makes it seem like it's a huge thing. Oh, it's all good. It's I'm kind of excited huge. now. Actually, I want to see those guys. If it's who I think it was, but we'll yeah. see. Well, yeah, I mean, there's some good stuff. All right, next up, it was time for the main event, the All-Atlantic Championship, Orange Cassidy versus the Bastard Pack. Holy shit, this was an amazing match, and holy shit, that belt is freaking gorgeous, man. That All-Atlantic belt might be my favorite belt in wrestling at the moment. It just, it has this look of just, oh, absolute class. I love it. Yeah, I mean, I'm a sucker for the world title belt, but yeah, this was... I, I was too, but that's getting a little old for me. I, I actually think they should update that one just slightly, like, not like a full-blown update, but just give it a little bit of a tweak here and there. But yeah, yeah I, I, I'd love that one too. Um, Yeah, uh, this was a, an excellent main event, a really awesome match. Uh, Orange Cassidy finally got the win on pack. Uh, that's been a years-long storyline. 
um, really awesome moment. It, it's always really cool to, uh, again, it's funny, but after all out, it's like my, you know, my guys kept winning. So it's like, yeah. you know, the game became tag champions. They were homegrown talent, got over as fuck. Orange Cassidy, you know, consistently a top merch seller, super over. Like the people love Orange Cassidy. I, I, I understand this, you know, disagreeing opinions. I do think this guy can win a world championship. Um, I think he has all of the makings to be a world champion. Um, obviously not a super long reign or anything, but, you know, uh, he deserves it. I think he can do it. I think he has all the tangibles you need to have kind of that underdog, babyface world champion that you can, you know, you can have him go in there with big guys and, and have him put on great matches and, you know, overcome the odds. But, you know, tonight was about him winning the All-Atlantic Championship, and it was just... Uh, you know, again, it's just excellent moment. It's it was just it was a perfect moment. Dude, th- this match was so good. Excellent, excellent moment there at the end. Um, so early on in this match, one of my favorite spots. I don't think I've ever seen anyone do this to Orange Cassidy. So Pack just kind of whooped his ass real quick at the beginning. Just started just beating the bricks off of him, and he put his own hands into his pockets. And it was almost like a finish him moment from like Mortal Kombat where someone's kind of like standing there kind of like wobbling around. So he put his hands in his pockets for him. And then Pac did the the little tiny tap kicks. He did uh, Cassidy's kicks. And then the little step to the side thing, the step to the side thing. That was actually really cool to see from Pac. I had never seen like, you know, that lighthearted side of Pac before. You know, even though he does, you know, do some stuff like that, but... It was nice to see, wasn't it? I don't think it was meant in a lighthearted tone. It was meant more in a mocking tone. Well, of course, yeah. And I think, again, the storytelling in this match was just really well done. It's, you know, the you look at the matches these guys have had. The first match was Orange Cassidy, early AEW, not trying. But that's, again, that's the point of the character is that, you know, if he wanted to try, he could go and do anything. The sky's the limits. You know, at the time that the first time Pac faced him, didn't really put effort in and you know he 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 definitely took pack to the limit the next match which was at um grand slam i believe they they you know they have this other match where he's like okay well i'm gonna try this time and pack had to cheat to win and and then this time it wasn't it was beyond that it was like i don't have to try i'm gonna succeed and i really liked pack just taking orange cassidy lightly i I thought that that was Super well done, in a sense, and you know, and, and Pack because he took him lightly and he toyed around with him, he did take control of the match early. And I thought that it was just, again, it's just really well told storytelling over the course of years in these matches, where, like, you know, you go back and watch them back to back to back, and you can see the growth. You talk about like MJF's growth, but you know, the, just the growth of the, almost of the company. I want to say it's yeah. just like. You can just see it where it's like these two characters have come, you know, they started here and now here they are where, you know, the dynamic is complete and, you know, Cassidy is not to be taken lightly and Pac finally decided to take him lightly. And that's the night where Cassidy says, no, I'm going to win. And yeah, you know, they started telling the story of this at the very beginning of the match too. Like as Orange Cassidy made his way to the ring, he didn't do his slow walk to the ring. He didn't stand up there and do his thumb. Before he got into the ring, you saw him clench his fists and he took a deep breath and he got in the ring like quickly. 
everything there were so many little hints that pointed towards him winning this and after you see him winning then you can kind of remember those little things it was great i i absolutely loved it they're they're starting to do this with a lot of matches like remember the mjf versus wheeler yuda match like they told a story inside the match you know what i mean like they're getting really good at doing this right now and i i hope they start you know getting more and more of this you know for all the matches going it's gonna be really good yeah so uh we had all kinds of craziness here. We had a DDT on the floor outside. Uh, Pack hit Orange Cassidy with a freaking tombstone pile driver out on the ramp. Uh, Pack jumped back in the ring, told the ref to count him out. Cassidy's lifeless body kind of rolled all the way down the ramp again, utilizing the ramp, you know, to get Cassidy back towards the ring. Um, you know, really good idea that they do that stuff. Um, I don't know where it happened, but Pac's ear got ripped open somewhere. I can't tell where the blood was coming from. Hopefully he didn't have like a ruptured eardrum or anything like that. And he, maybe he just tore the skin somewhere, but, mm -hmm. uh, he was bleeding pretty bad from pretty much inside of his ear somewhere. Uh, Pac goes out to grab the hammer and it turns out that Danhausen is the timekeeper tonight and he curses Pac, uh, but he gets KO'd for his troubles. Um, Pack goes under the ring, grabs another hammer because Bryce Rimsberg, uh, you know, took the hammer away from him. And this is what I was saying earlier tonight that I really enjoyed how Bryce got involved in this match. And he was like, no, 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 no. I saw what happened last time and I saw last week. I'm not letting you do this again. You know, almost insinuating that Bryce went back and watched the match. You know what I mean? And he saw how uh, Pack used the uh, hammer and cheated a couple times. So. I really, really enjoyed that touch there with Bryce. Um, Pack grabs another hammer, gets an orange punch as he goes for the hammer strike. He uh, kicks out. He tries to roll up Orange Cassidy with uh, no go, 2.9. And then Orange hits, I think, this might have been the third, possibly the fourth orange punch of the night. And we get the one, two, three. And the crowd fucking exploded for this. And so did I. And, you know, luckily, everyone's gone. I have the house completely to myself. They're all off on a cruise to Bermuda. They left me here to tend with the animals. But I shouted at the top of my lungs. I was like, let's fucking go. <laughs> so th this was great. I'm super happy for Orange Cassidy. This is the exact belt that the first time we started talking about whether he should be a champion. This is the exact belt that I said he should have. So... I am all for this. Congratulations to Orange Cassidy, your new All-Atlantic champion. All right, so that's it for an absolutely fantastic, unbelievably fantastic episode of Dynamite. Um, do you have the full lineup for Rampage? I wasn't able to get, I wasn't able to get the full lineup because they kind of did it in a weird way this week. Where yeah, they, they kind of just split it up all night. Yeah, uh, they did the. They're doing the tag match for Rampage with uh, Butcher and Blade versus Hangman. Or not, I'm sorry, Mox um, and Claudio. Mox and Claudio. They yeah. announced. Oh man, Ethan Page versus Isaiah Cassidy yeah, to Isaiah uh, Cassidy. secure their contracts. Yeah, Anna J versus uh, Nyla Rose. Nyla Rose. Okay, the that's three. There's probably one more, but I'm not sure. 
I'm sure they said it in there somewhere, but you know. They did, and I just don't remember. Next week on Dynamite, though, I know we have uh we have the AEW World Championship match, John Moxley versus Hangman Adam Page. We oh. have the interim women's championship match, Karashita versus Tony Storm. We were gonna hear from MJF. We're gonna get a sit-down interview with Brian Danielson and Wheeler Yuta. Um and I think it's there gonna was be one FTR and Sean Spears versus yeah, the Embassy. Yeah, right. I was like, yeah, how did I forget yeah. that? <laughs> yeah, the, the Pinnacle versus the Embassy, right? Yep. Um, and that's on Friday. Um, but so yeah, I, I think they announced one more match for Dynamite, but I don't remember it off the top of my head. I'm sure they're gonna reiterate it when we see it on Friday. Um, yeah, no worries. No worries. Tuesday next week. But yeah, that's gonna be an excellent rampage. Um, you know. Don't 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 sleep on Rampage this week, guys. This FTR with Sean Spears coming back, this is going to be really good, and it's it's being taped on its own. It's not it's not like an afterthought to to Dynamite. I really recommend watching this one this week. This is going to be a banger. Big T asks us. Uh, so now that Orange is champion, where would you like to see him go from here? First opponent. Uh, I mentioned it earlier. I think Ethan Page is where he's going to go first. Yeah, I absolutely love that idea too. I think that's where they're going. Ethan Page has made it clear that he wants to pursue the All-Atlantic Championship. He's also made it clear that he hates gimmick wrestlers. So, I mean, he he beat up Dan Housen. He beat up Luigi Primo. Um, Orange Cassie's kind of next in that in that line, you know? Yeah, absolutely. So, I think the Elite are coming back very soon. I, think- I, I do, too. We got two Met Brandon Cutler matches. It would be very odd for them to not come back as well. So a few other things that I think are noteworthy. I think number one, I thought it was very interesting that uh, at Dynamite tonight during the merch uh, at the merch table, they had that. a new The Elite shirt. It was a Canadian flag The yep. Elite shirt. Um, also, interestingly enough, right before Dynamite, about an hour before Dynamite, Ace Steel. Uh, on his Twitter account, which it is private, so people can't just go look at it. Um, he tweeted out a video clip yelling freedom. So, that could be interesting. Um, I mean, and that could mean that, you know, everything's kind of clearing up with that. Obviously, freedom. freedom. Maybe that means, because, uh, you know, Remember how everybody said he had been released and he was fired or all that stuff, and then all of a sudden the other day it's like nobody's been released and nobody's been fired? Mm-hmm. I still, you know, we still don't really know. <laughs> no, we don't. Um, Again, honestly, I, I know it was a big thing. I do just, I think at the end of the day, uh, you know, time has passed. Part of me feels, like, honestly, part of me really feels like I think everyone involved just kind of was like, okay, that didn't need to happen. Yeah. I just feel like a month has passed. I feel like Punk's had time to sit at home with his injury. I I feel like the elite have had time to sit at home, regardless of whatever happened. I feel like everybody involved is just like, okay. Like, I I think we all let things get a little out of control here. Yeah. Uh, But like, you know, it, it happens and... I think we see everybody return. I, I, mean, I just, I, that's what I think. We know it happens. We saw Draymond Green punch Jordan Poole, man. Like, they're on the same team. This, this shit happens. 
Yeah, I mean, I'm not even going to defend it in that sense, but I mean, I just think at the end of the day, there, there's all, there's so much money for all of them still to make. I, I do think it's also a pride issue. Um, obviously, there, there is a, a a wrestling cold war, whether people want to admit it or not. There's a lot of sleazy shit going on. There's contract tampering. There's fake smearing of Ariel Hawani going on Twitter day, just being the absolute biggest fucking clown you could possibly be. I don't know if you saw that today, but that was I did just... not. Okay, so you know who Ariel Hawani is, correct? I do, yeah. Okay, so he did an interview. Now, historically speaking, after Dana White threw his ass, got him out of, you know, UFC, yeah. um, he started becoming, like, basically a WWE guy. Yeah. And so he's literally, he was at, he did the Extreme Rules pay-per-view, correct? What's that? He was a part of Extreme Rules, correct? On Sunday or Saturday? Ariel? Yeah. I don't think so. I don't know. I don't know. I saw on Twitter he was part of like the main event with the fight pit. He had something to do with it, whether he like he voiced something or whatever it is. Oh, it's uh, probably because Daniel Cormier was the special guest referee, so he probably voiced something. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah that's what I heard. But so this guy is a very pro WWE guy. He has been. So basically, he does his interview with Tony Khan. And now he's done this interview. He did an interview with Triple H, asked him basically no hardball questions. Sits down with Tony Khan, asks him about the uh, the all-out brawl. Tony, basically, as we know, there's pending legal action. Yeah. Tony said, I can't talk about it. Um, He asked him about Nick Khan. Tony Khan does say that he's spoken to Nick Khan, but, you know, doesn't want to talk about it either because that's not shit that he needs to be talking about on an interview. Um, basically putting Tony in some tough spots. Basically, Ariel goes on his show, I don't know if it was today or whatever, and he basically says that Tony Khan was the worst interview he ever had. He didn't want to answer anything. He said WWE is, his words, I believe, are like light years better or like by a large margin better. And if you don't agree with that, you're a liar and an idiot. And basically, he just kind of shit on the AEW fans and Tony Khan. It was this whole big thing. And I'm like, what if, like, this guy was, like, I'm listening to these clips. I'm like, what a fucking clown. But my point is, is that there's just this wrestling Cold War going on, and it's just all this dumb shit. It's all this sleazy shit. Clearly, this guy is, is a Hunter guy. Clearly, he's a WWE guy. He's going to say things that they want him to say. He's going to stir problems and talk shit. And I think that Punk and the Elite are probably sitting at home like, okay, we kind of need to put this shit to the side and, you know gotta take it seriously because this shit is happening and they need to set the the precedent and kind of be the locker room leaders they're supposed to be but i don't know yeah i, I think that, i think that all that's gonna be in the past and i do think we see all of them again I think that's just kind of what i think but i could be wrong yeah i don't know about the elite showing up on tuesday though i don't i feel like they wouldn't come back for a taped show you know what i mean not taped what's that the tuesday show is a live dynamite oh i thought I thought you said the Tuesday show is going to be, or they're taping no. Rampage tomorrow. Is that what's happening? They're taping Rampage tomorrow, and then Dynamite is live in Cincinnati on Tuesday. Okay, so you think they're showing up on Tuesday then? I'm not 100% calling that. Uh, I think Big T was calling that, but I think we see them very soon. I just Okay, yeah. I think they had Don Callis. I know Don Callis is from Canada, but they had... Excuse me. They had Don doing media calls in Canada today. They're selling a new elite shirt. 
you have Ace Steel tweeting freedom, like as like you know that would imply that this whole thing is over, with, or at least on its way to being over with. I don't know. I, yeah. I just I feel like the wheels are turning, and I think at the end of the day, if anyone gets fired, it would be Punk. That being said, I don't think anyone's getting fired. No. Tony Khan doesn't even want to fire Andrade. So, which again, my opinion, he shouldn't fire Andrade. We should never see Andrade again for like three more years until his contract runs out. But, you know, Tony's not going to fire CM Punk because you never know. I mean, Punk, I don't think Punk would ever go back to WWE. I, I don't think that at all. No. But, you know, you're better off having CM Punk under contract. Like, that's just a fact. Like, even happened yeah. tonight. You had um, Mox took a shot at CM Punk, and the crowd did not cheer the, the shot at CM Punk. It was kind of a... Ugh. I think they were like, did he just <laughs> Yeah, I don't I don't think that it was a, a positive not that it's a knock against Mox. I mean, yeah, make take that shot, dude. You're John Moxley. You should yeah. take that shot. But yeah, I don't think the crowd was like, Yeah, fuck CM Punk. No, they were just no, like not at all. They're like, uh Okay. Yeah, that happened. That's a thing. All right. Well, that was an excellent, excellent episode of Dynamite tonight. Um I have to be up early to go take care of the restaurants because, you know, Curly and them are off on their Bermuda trip. So I think we're going to call it a night here. Um, do you want to go ahead and close us out, sir? Sure. This has been episode 80 of the Broken Tables podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider giving us a like and a subscribe or a follow, depending on where you find us. Thank you to everyone who hung out with us live here in the chat tonight. Thank you to everyone who's listening to us in the future on YouTube or Spotify, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, and Anchor. Shout out to the coach in the future. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at Broken Table Show or on Facebook and Instagram at The Broken Tables Podcast. We go live on YouTube following every single AEW Dynamite, Rampage, and even pay-per-views. Just a reminder, Dynamite is live on Tuesday night next week in Cincinnati. Um, hope to see you guys again. Enjoy your weekend. Go Birds. Go Phils. And uh, see you go next bird. time. Absolutely. And uh, real quick, shout out to all of our new listeners or viewers, whether you watch the video on Spotify. Um, ever since the Dynamite in Philly, where we had our banner, we have a huge jump in the numbers on Spotify. So thank you all for uh, for listening or watching on Spotify. I do put the video up there if you're not aware. So uh, thank you guys very much on Spotify. Again, um, the Rampage shows are exclusive to YouTube. That's why you won't see them on the Spotify there. So please come by our YouTube and uh, hit that subscribe button and hit the uh, bell notification so you can know when the Rampages go live. But until next time, everybody, thank you guys very much for joining us. And top guys, out.